Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast episode. So I want to talk about um, two things today, actually. Well, like one is going to be kind of short, the other one a little bit longer. Uh, I want to talk about yesterday in the news, there were two stories of former Mouseketeers, Mickey Mouse Club kids. Um, Britney Spears and her conservatorship, it looks like it has now been suspended. Her father is suspended from being her conservator. I know he's petitioning to get himself out of the conservatorship, um, and I did, or to end it. And I did hear that he and his legal team, or he and his team, um, might be getting investigated soon. So that's interesting. But honestly, prayers to Brittany. Um, you know, I'm so happy. I've been praying for her for so long, as I'm sure so many of you guys have as well. And with just how everything is working out, it looks like she might be free, you know, like finally, uh, permanently. And that's amazing. I'm so happy for her. Honestly, like she can make her own decisions. You know, what, what comes next is, is completely up to her. I just pray that she is just, I pray that the conservatorship hasn't done irreversible damage to her mental health, her spiritual health, all of these things. You know what I mean? I hope that everything that she's gone through, by the way, she's very strong, but everything that she's gone through, I hope that she's able to pull through, um, at some point, you know what I mean? Um, that it hasn't changed her in her spirit is what I mean. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I hope she's able to, you know, definitely take care of herself and look after herself in, in her best interest. You know what I mean? Um, like any other person, like most other people do. And I'm hoping that anyone in the conservatorship, you know, um, who's being abused and who's being misused, I hope that they come out of that. I pray for, for all of them. That's just, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, now on to another former mouse. So Britney Spears was a musketeer back in the 19, early 1990s, um, with, uh, you know, Christina Aguilera with, uh, uh, Tate, Dale, um, uh, Tony Luca, uh, Carrie Russell, JC Chazé, Ryan Gosling, um, Nikki Deloge, uh, there's, there was just so many kids, uh, Rona, Rona, I love Rona, Nia, I love her too, um, so many other, like, you know, really successful, um, or, you know, a mix of successful and a mix of, like, where are they now people, uh, but I love the MMC, um, and then we also got the news yesterday that Tommy Kirk, uh, passed away, and Tommy Kirk was on the original Mickey Mouse Club, now, he wasn't actually, like, a Mouseketeer, but I think he was, like, an honorary Mouseketeer, because he was on the show quite a bit, he was on the show Spin and Marty, um, the Hardy Boys, and he also went on to do, like, Swiss Family Robinson, he worked on, um, uh, Babes in Toyland, he worked on Merlin Jones, uh, The Monkey's Uncle, um, I think he was in, I think he was in the Absent Minded Professor movies, I don't remember, um, and then, of course, in the iconic Old Yeller, uh, which is, like, his his biggest film. I think that was his first, uh, one of his first projects with Disney. Um, and uh, he, yeah, he was he was a really, really big star at one point for Disney. Um, <laughs> I actually grew up loving his work. I was a huge fan of the old school. I was a huge fan of the every version of Mickey Mouse Club. I would watch every version of Mickey Mouse Club as a little kid. I watched the, the 50s version. I watched the 70s version when that would like short-lived come on. And then I watched obviously like the, the one I grew up with, which was the 80s to 90s. Cause that's where I'm, that's where I was born, uh, was that time period. I was born in 89. So I, as the new Mickey Mouse Club was already like a thing, I was growing up with 
these kids. And I, I have memories of watching Brittany and Christina, specifically those two, um, when I was very, very little. I remember the, the stinky boy episode. I don't know why I remember that, but I remember one Halloween, I was getting ready for Halloween, um, obviously, uh, my Halloween costume, um, which I think was like, I think this was like 1995. Um, but I was getting ready for Halloween and my mom bought me two costumes from Pocahontas. There was John Smith and I think a Cocoa costume because the John Smith one was like really itchy. And I was telling her, I can't wear this. And she's like, okay, well, well I got you another one. Um, so yeah. And I remember watching <laughs> the Mickey Mouse Club on my TV screen. And that was like one of the things I remember. And then after that came on the Disney Halloween treat thing, which I loved watching that as a kid. Amazing. I've already talked about that too in, in, in an episode. Um, so those are just memories from my childhood. But, but Tommy, you know, um, I have more memories of him, obviously, because Brittany and Christina, like they were short, they were only on Mickey Mouse Club for two seasons. And after that, they disappeared for a few years to go and be normal kids for a while. And then that, you know, Brittany came out with Big One More Time. Christina came out with Genie in the Bottle and Reflection. So <laughs> there was a while break. But, you know, obviously, you know, me growing up as a Disney kid and I was consuming so much Disney, I consumed a lot of Tommy Kirk. And, um, I don't know, like, I was just, I always wanted to be a Mouseketeer when I was growing up. I always wanted to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. I always wanted that. And so I... Even though he wasn't like a Mouseketeer, I always associated him with the Mouseketeers. Because again, he was in, he was on Spin and Marty. He was close to Annette. Um, there's another boy on the show. I think his name is Tim. I don't remember his last name, but he was also one of the Hardy Boys. And then there was Kevin, a young boy named Kevin, who played his I don't know his last name. I'm sorry. Who played his brother in like five of the Disney movies that they appeared in together? So um, I always associated all of them with the Mickey Mouse Club because you know, like I said, Annette and they I think they all wore like the the white shirt and the mouse mouse ears at least at one point. In, in the run of Mickey Mouse Club. Um, but like I said, Tommy's work was always like something I, I, I was fascinated by because as a kid, I, I, I don't know why, but I, I, I don't know. There was so much Disney for me because I grew up in the era of like, you know, the Disney store and Disney channel. So Disney was like a big thing for me um, growing up. And I, that's like just where I made my escape was, was everything related to Disney. And, you know, like I said, Tommy had so many movies by that point. And when you bought a movie on VHS, you know, when I was a kid, um, they always had like, you know, be on the lookout for this movie or whatever. And they had the collections for people like Haley Mills, a perfect example. She had, there was a Haley Mills collection of films that you could buy when I was a kid on, on, on VHS. And it was like, um, I think that's our cat, Pollyanna, um, Parent Trap, of course, which I think is like her biggest besides Pollyanna. Um, I think In Search of Castaways and I think Moonspinners. I love the Moonspinners. Oh, and Summer Magic. I love, Summer Magic is like my favorite and Moonspinners. Those are my two favorites from her. Um, but I mean, all of her films from, from Disney were amazing. But yeah, Haley Mills was like a big it girl in the 60s for them, along with Annette, who was like a big it girl in the 50s to 60s. And then you had Tommy Kirk and, and other actors and stuff. Bobby Driscoll was like probably the beginning of like the, the big Disney kids, him. And um, I can't remember, I think her name is Catherine. Not Catherine Beaumont. Catherine Beaumont was a big deal too uh, in, the, in the age of Bobby Driscoll. But there was another girl, Lana Patton. Sorry, that was totally off. Lana Patton and Bobby Driscoll were like the first two big Disney kids outside of the little girl that did the Alice comedies. She doesn't count. I mean, she, she counts, but like in this like Disney star thing, like, you know, Disney making stars out of these kids where they appear in so many different things. Bobby Driscoll, I think, was the first kid. Um, and then Lana Patton, because they kind of worked together on so many things. So Lana even worked even after Bobby had been uh, removed from the company or left. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> Yeah, Tommy was a really big actor with Disney for a while. And unfortunately, you know, his story, 
his Disney story to me is quite sad, just like so many others, um, but for different reasons. Um, there's a lot of, you know, he he's put in a lot of great work, I think, and that's why I was a fan of him. I just, he had, there was something about his stage presence, and I think just the way that he looked in his films, he just seemed like a very honest person, a very um, down-to-earth person, and I remember reading up on him years ago, because, um, again, I'm, I love Disney, and I, I used to, I would read up on a lot of people and I know that him and Annette had a very close friendship and I think even Annette had stated in interviews and things that she felt like Tommy Kirk was kind of an underappreciated person uh when it came to just so much about himself and he I think he you know I think he felt that the effects of that too um you know he was a a a Disney leading man at one point um in his career and then certain things came out there was a lot of speculation about his sexuality and uh at some point because of this that and the third reasons um he was then I guess sort of removed from Disney um after a while because he you know he's had obviously a very long life and he's had a career but it seemed like after Disney he did a few things for a while and then I think by like the mid-70s he kind of just stopped and then after that he would appear sometimes in the 80s sometimes in the 90s I think as as late as like 2011 um I think or 2001 or 2011 and then he just like stopped working completely um he would come to some Disney events sometimes and and kids and people would recognize him from from different generations of, of all ages um but yeah he didn't seem to work very much anymore um and I don't know if it had to do with scandal I don't know you know what prevented that but it was really it's just really unfortunate I know that you know a lot of companies are very like you know oh you're this well if you're this you know I guess at the time that was gay you know I mean obviously and that that's the other thing too that that I think that really made me appreciate him um was finding out about his sexuality I didn't really find out about other scandals and things like that about him until later, but, um, yeah, um, but I think knowing that he was a gay actor and, you know, it just sucks. He, he put in a lot of really great work and it's, it just, it just sucks to know that he was, you know, seemingly underappreciated by different studios and because of his sexuality, a lot of, you know, there were a lot of missed opportunities for him. A lot of roles were taken away. And I think that, that's terrible. You know, I think he's, he's an actor who wanted to work and I think he should have always been allowed to, um, you know, um, but again, I don't know all the specifics of why this and the third things happened. So I don't want to make too many speculations. All I know is what's public. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, he's, he was an incredible actor. You know, I think, like I said, for me growing up, I loved watching his work. Babes in Toyland is my favorite of, I think, all the movies he's been in, which is funny because he's in that movie the least of most of the movies I'm talking about here, but I just love that film. It's like, Babes in Toyland to me is like a Candyland, right? It's like, it's like a live action visual version of Candyland. What Candyland would be like if it was a movie to me is Babes in Toyland. I love Candyland. I grew up loving that game and I love Babes in Toyland. I grew up uh, watching the movie and I actually went to a stage show of it when I was really, really young. Before I think I'd even seen the Disney version. I was very, very young. I was like in elementary school and I went to a stage show of Babes in Toyland um, that was playing not too far away from my school. It was a school field trip and it was so much fun. I loved it. I was, I loved the colors, the story, everything. And so when I finally saw the Disney version, I 
was again still elementary school when I saw the Disney version I was like oh my gosh like that became a staple for me um because Disney Channel would play it every now and then and I would get so you know back in the day not everything was available to us on VHS or that you could find everything on VHS sometimes you couldn't so that was one of the ones I couldn't find until I was older and I bought it on DVD and I was so excited I went to this place called DVD Planet which is now dead I'm so sad love dvd planet i love that place a lot of my actual hard to find disney movies that don't even play on disney plus yet i bought at dvd planet so good to know that was a great place to go um watcher in the woods um which i don't think is on Dis- it might be on disney plus by now something wicked this way comes which i don't think is on disney plus i'm it probably i don't know if i'll ever get on disney plus um uh summer magic i don't think is on there yet i know moon spinners is which is surprising um but yeah so there was a lot of things that i bought from there and i loved that place and um yeah like i just again i, I loved tommy's work i love swiss family robinson I, I love him in that movie um is he fritz in that one who is he in that one i can't remember his name in that movie but I, I he was the brother i i appreciated the most and that was the thing too is that i think growing up i even had like a like a mini crush on on tommy um and then when i got like older and i saw more of his older work after disney i definitely did i was like oh, okay okay yeah he's cute i like him um but yeah i just i really just admired i think like i said the work and honestly like i said finding out that he was a gay actor you know me myself you know i realized who I was when I was, or part of who I was when I was really young, and um, I wanted to be an actor myself. You know, I had an agent in Hollywood for a while uh, when I was much younger, and I wanted to break into that field, and he was one of the actors that I really admired because of the work, the body of work that he that he had, um, along with, you know, Tab Hunter and so many other ones. It wasn't just gay actors. It wasn't just, you know, any type of, you know, demographic, but those are, those were actors that I definitely did, like, aspire to be somewhat like because I liked the movies that they chose or that they were put in and I liked the characters that they got to play you know um so I think that's why a part of me had always had an appreciation for these actors and I had heard from people who had met Tommy Kirk in person that he was a very sweet person at like Disney Expos and stuff so I was like cool like he'd be so great to meet and I had always wanted to to like sit down and in my mind sit down and have a conversation with like him and Tab Hunter and so many actors at the time who were doing so many cool things, you know, in, in Hollywood and stuff, but at the same time had to, you know, sort of masquerade because of what it meant to be out and openly gay and, and how roles were taken away from you. Because let's face it, in those days, they weren't making movies with gay characters, right? They weren't making movies with gay characters, gay romances, gay story, like it, they gay sidekicks, you know? They weren't making those kind of films. Um, and so if you were openly gay, they weren't going to cast you as, as a male lead. And if they did cast you as a male lead, they were few and far between roles that you could have, you know, uh, depending on how much power and pull you had in Hollywood. So I would love to pick their brains and talk to them and say, like, what was it like for you having to basically, you know, and I, actually, I think, I think Tommy actually came out when he was like 18. I think, he, well, I think, I think he came out fairly early in his career another kid from the mickey mouse club named dennis day was also openly gay um very very early in his in his life and and the acting roles again seemed to stop for him too and i actually i wonder if they ever had like um conversations if they ever like kept in touch and was like hey you know uh what would it like you know what i mean i I just want to know what their experiences were like you know what i mean because i mean the industry is so different now i'm not saying that everyone's you know is open or or it is or is out um some people may still feel like they can't be um 
but there's definitely more acceptance I'll say than there was back then um certainly more I'm not saying it's perfect I'm never gonna say that because obviously it's not with racial biases with 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 you know gender preferences and things I'm not gonna say it's anywhere near perfect there's still a lot of things that that you know weight issues height issues all that stuff still exists that's still a very important factor of of a lot of things but I do want to know what it's what it it's like for them mentally I guess and emotionally to know that like you know when I was younger I couldn't be these things and have a job but now there are people who can what does that feel like you know what I mean what what does that feel like and do they feel do they ever feel like they were part of that they were part of the cause moving forward because these people had stories right you know Tommy had a story uh Tab had a story Rock Hudson had a story all these actors you know they had their stories and I would love to know from them how they feel about it what they think about it um because it just it just felt so oppressive I think you know in ways that you know when you when you think about these stories about all these people who seemingly had to live like on the down low and then of course whispers start right because that's how things happen and that's when you know they start to lose credibility they start to lose roles and jobs and you know he was coming up at a time where there were quite a few of them that started sort of like not getting those jobs anymore and by you know they were big stars in the 50s or the 60s and then by the 70s 80s they weren't doing anything anymore and it wasn't because they wanted to stop working it was because jobs were like replacing them with people who you know were considered the new Hollywood hunk or were you know straight you know so I would love to know what that what that was like because he had like I said he had an extensive Disney career for a long time and you would think I mean you know Kurt Russell as well and and you would think that uh Kurt Russell is someone who's been able to transition beautifully through Disney from child star to teenage star to young adult star to you know even adult star now at Disney he still does films with Disney he did Sky High um he's he did uh Ego uh, in uh, Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2. So he's been able to transition through the studio quite beautifully. I think probably the best out of everyone because he's still working um, with them. And yeah, that that's, it's, it's crazy because like I said, like at some point, you know, Tommy Kirk was, was the kind of guy I think you would, you would see in, in Disney films in like the 80s and 90s playing someone's father or grandfather or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he seemed to have that presence to him that he would be someone that could still work with the company but for whatever reason it it just didn't happen and I would love to know why and I I would have loved to know like would he ever had made plans to go back and do something Disney you know we have stars like now like Christy Carlson Romano who talks about Disney a lot about her Disney days um and she talks about how you know she would go back and play a mom or she would go back and play these things if Disney allowed her to do that which I think she could I don't understand why Christy Romano can't come back and play someone's mom but Raven is I mean I'm not I'm not comparing them I'm not you know dissing Raven I love Raven Raven is my Disney queen of of my childhood uh Christy is one of them but but Raven is like Raven and Lindsay I think are my Disney queens of my time but Raven is playing a mother so I think Christy's her age, if not maybe older, maybe like a year or two, possibly. So if she's able to do it, then I would assume that Christy Carson Romano is able to do it too. Um, 
so yeah i don't i don't understand because i mean they could easily do a, a reboot of even steven they've done so many even stevens-esque shows over the years of like brother sister rivalries that why not bring even stevens back with raven or with raven with ren being like the main character or being the main parent involved we don't necessarily need lewis especially if she has a, a young boy or young daughter who's like lewis right we don't it's not that we need shia labeouf in the show to do you know, a remake of the show, or maybe she doesn't want to do that. Maybe she's done playing Ren, but she can play someone else on Disney Channel. You know, um, she could have even played Kim Possible's mom or something in Kim Possible. I'm glad she didn't. I didn't like that movie, but she could have. You know, she could have done that. So to me, I don't know, it, it, it's it's kind of weird, but um, yeah, I could have totally seen Tommy Kirk coming back and, and doing those kind of roles for a while. Uh, I I think back to Mickey Rooney playing um, in the Phantom of the Megaplex. Um, back in 2000, you know, he's another one that's had an extensive career, especially with Disney. He was with, you know, in Pete's Dragon. He played Todd the Fox in, um, in, uh, Fox and the Hound. Uh, he's done other work. He's done a lot of Rankin and Bass work as well. He's done a lot of work. So yeah, you would think that he could have played something like something to that effect. Um, unless, I mean, like I said, unless Tommy himself decided to just stop acting, you know what I mean? That could be a thing too. Who knows? Um, but yeah, a lot, it, it seems like a lot of the, the, the stories with with act, childhood actors are kind of sad. His isn't, I mean, I can't say his is the saddest or one of the saddest because I don't know all of his story extensively. I I didn't really follow up too much on his career after Disney, um, but I just thought it was an interesting departure from Disney. And from, from what I read made it sound like his sexuality might not have been the only factor, but was a contributing factor to him being booted from from working with the company and there were other actors like like I said the same thing uh Dennis Day who was another Mouseketeer he was only on a few I think a few episodes before being taken off the show um and then you had you know Bobby Driscoll who was Disney's big child star but unfortunately because of acne scars and things like that and and maybe even a change in his behavior um he was taken away from the company or you know removed from the company which again is very very sad a lot of these actors I think are um, I, I just think a lot of their stories are, are, are sad. There's, they're sad stories. And, um, even, even current, you know, t- <coughs> former Disney or childhood stars, they're sad. You know, Demi Lovato's story is, is, is sad that they really went through a lot. And, and I don't know if that was company or if that was personal life, but there was a lot of sad or mix of both. There was a lot of sadness. Miley Cyrus has, you know, experiences like that as well. Um, so there seems to be a lot of like this, I don't know, like, it's it's crazy, because a lot of these people provide so much happiness, and so much, you know, inspiration in their work, like I said, I was inspired by by Tommy, to be, he's one of my inspirations to become an actor in the first place, Bobby Driscoll as well, because of the fun things they got to do, when I was a kid, I wanted to do those things, right, I wanted to be in a movie like Treasure Island, or Peter Pan, or something, provide a voice to a character, um, that sounded like a great idea, um, and because these are characters that I cherished growing up, these are people that I en- ended up caring about, because they gave me work that I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it just seems sad because like I said, these are people that make magical moments for people all the time when you watch their movies and, you know, you, you watch them do other things and (coughs) to hear that, you know, a lot of them have very sad experiences, um, or their careers end abruptly because reasons it's weird. You know, it, it, it really is 
very, very sad. You know, I, I know that for him, I think he felt like he had, to, for Tommy, um, that he had to sneak around to be who he was. Um, because that was, that was, that was hard for him. Um, uh, and hard for the, for I think companies to, it, it makes you harder to, to sell as an actor to different studios and even to the studio that you're working for when you're gay, especially back then. That was very hard. Um, because I was still considered very, very taboo to be. So yeah, it's just, it's just, it's really unfortunate for him. But at the same time, I'm very glad that he got, he had the career that he had and he has so many amazing Disney films, uh, that you can watch. Um, and, and I, I think I want to say it's a bikini world is one of the ones I saw recently, actually recently this year on, uh, Turner Movie Classics TMC. Um, or T, is it TCM or TMC? I can't remember which one it is. I'm sorry. Um, Turner Classic Movies, is that what it is? I don't remember, but you can watch that movie on there. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he's, for me, for so many reasons, um, not just, be, and again, not just because he's gay or just because he worked with Disney, but those two things are definitely factors as to why I appreciate his work so much because of his struggles and because of just the the seemingly very kind and approachable person that he seemed to be just in interviews and and that I've seen from people that have talked to him in his life um he seemed like such a very very sweet person um and that's nice that's that's nice to hear and that's you know he, he was also seemed to be very private I think a lot of people Maybe and maybe it's the generation he came from, but he just seems very, very private. I was amazed that I couldn't find out more about some of his personal life um, on the internet. But I think a lot of people weren't looking, right? I think he comes from a generation where it's like, at the time, you know, when they were doing things and dating then publicly, that's one thing. But I think at that time, some actors, they still did respect somewhat of their privacy. And, and I think he, I think he respected his own privacy quite a bit, um, uh, which I think is great. I think that, uh, Andy McDowell, I think was another uh, actor like that, where it's like they had actual private lives. Um, not everything was a spectacle. So, um, which I think, you know, leaves a lot of room for like, mystery and intrigue like who were these people who did they you know what was what was their life like you know in in their in their final years you know were they enjoying their life um but he always just seemed to enjoy talking about the old days of Disney when he was a star and that's that's really cool and and it's it's great to know that I think you know I, I believe in heaven and I believe that he is now with Annette and with Kevin and with Dennis and with so many others um you know, just reminiscing on, you know, who they were in life and what they got to do in life and, and, you know, um, and what, what's next for them. I always think there's a what's next. Um, just like in life, there's always a what's next, right? I can't imagine there not being a what's next, even in heaven or on the other side of things. Cause it's just like, there's always a what's next. There's always what's next here. So I feel like there's always a what's next. I think what's next is always a, you know, going to be a part of our stories. Um, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know if, if you reminisce about things in life in heaven or if you even remember people that you, you met here. I mean, I hope you do because the connections I think you make here are very special. Um, some are terrible, but some are special. And I would hope that those special ones, you know, transcend. Um, so, yeah, but that's just 
I think I want to end this just saying that I really appreciate this man's career, his body of work, and I think what he's been able to do um, to put smiles on people's faces for generations um, and to work throughout the decades um, and, and seem to not be, you know, bitter about things or, you know, I mean if he was bitter about things, he has every right to be, right? You know, that's his, that's his life. That's not mine. But I just, I really appreciate, I think, who he seemed to be. I'll say that. Um, and yeah, I would have loved to have met him. I would have loved to have met him and had a conversation with him just about his work. Because again, from Old Yeller to Swiss Family Robinson to Merlin Jones to Babes in Toyland uh, to so many other things that he's been in, I just really, it's been a Marty. I just really appreciate the actor um, and, the, and the Disney legend that he was. And he, make no mistake, he is a Disney legend. And I found out recently that he was inducted, which I was like, and rightfully so. Um, I, I, I can't think of many others who would deserve it over him, um, especially at, in that time period. Um, but yeah, you know, I hope he's resting in peace. And thank you for the magic and thank you for the memories. And you can watch a lot of his stuff on Disney Plus if you don't have any other way of watching it. Um, and so, yeah, I just hope that he's in a better place. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, whether it's day, noon, evening, night. Thank you so much. And I'm going to come back with more content. But yeah, um, have a great day, Musketeers. I will see you guys next time. So long.